0: Hey friend, how's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to bring you another question and answer episode. I always have this running list of questions that you all amazing listeners will send in to me and I can't wait to address some of these. I think they're going to be really, really helpful for many, many, many of you for sure. So be sure to listen to this one all the way through. So I started off by finding two questions that were both related to eating at night hunger, kind of related to nighttime eating, maybe in the middle of the night or right before bed, having trouble sleeping because of hunger. And so I thought that these two would go hand in hand. So let me start with the first. So this one reads, I've been getting much better about not snacking or eating after dinner. I'm also using intermittent fasting, so I don't eat anything until 2 p.m. most days. However, I find that by the time bedtime rolls around, particularly on days where I have eaten fewer calories secondary to not feeling so hungry during the day, I have trouble falling asleep, which seems to be associated with a feeling of hunger. I try reading and many other techniques, but ultimately it is only by eating something that I'm able to fall asleep. I don't want to eat and only do so because I'm desperate to fall asleep. Other than strategies like eating more fat at dinner, which I have tried, or having a planned snack after dinner, which I have also tried, do you have any other ideas? Have you heard this from others? So, the, there's a few things here. You say you've eaten fewer calories because you weren't that hungry during the day. I want to make sure you're not counting calories because that is not going to be helpful here. I think you might be actually just alluding to the fact that you've just eaten less food, less energy has been consumed by you, I think is what you're saying here. So, I just did want to clarify that we don't count calories here. So, please, if you're doing that, please stop. So, what is interesting here is how you're eating in a certain way and it's really not serving you. You know, you're very, very hungry and you're having trouble sleeping because of it. Now, there's a couple things that I find interesting here. If you are able to fast so well and all these other things, I'm really curious as to why the hunger is so uncomfortable that you can't sleep Because when you're really fat adapted, your hunger really shouldn't be a big deal. You should be able to like drink a glass of water and it just goes away and it's really not really a problem. So this makes me think that it's a real possibility that this hunger that you're experiencing at night that is making it hard for you to sleep is emotional hunger. So the first thing that I would suggest is actually getting very, very in tune with your body when this is happening. And what I think... I just want to back up for a minute and say, I think what's probably happening is that when you're feeling that hunger, your brain is already going to town with thoughts of, oh, shoot, I might not be able to go to sleep. I hope I can sleep tonight. I hope this doesn't turn into a problem because you've had evidence of it being a problem in the past with you not being able to sleep. So I really want you to, without judgment or beating yourself up, I want you to just very, very lovingly (laughs) and supportively, watch what your brain does when this hunger is happening. What are the thoughts that your brain is coming up with? What is the meaning your brain is assigning to the true sensation that you're having? It's just a, it's just your body going like, Hey, I could be having some food. Like what is, are the thoughts that you're having? So you may be having some true physical hunger, but you also may be compounding that significantly with your thoughts about it, which turn it into emotional hunger. Or all of it could just be emotional hunger. So I want you to also spend time really getting to know where that hunger is in your body. Where is it actually physically in your body? And what does it feel like? Because Emotional hunger is typically going to be like in your chest. It's going to be maybe in your throat. It's going to come on intensely. It's going to feel very, very uncomfortable. It's going to feel like it needs to go away. And physical hunger, especially if you're fat adapted and you've eaten plenty of food beforehand, it sounds like, so there's really no reason for you to really be this hungry. You know, physical hunger is going to be more like and really empty feeling in your stomach, your stomach growling, maybe a slight headache or something like that. I would argue that even if at night you're feeling true physical hunger, it's probably because you didn't drink enough during the day and you need to drink more fluid. You're probably actually dehydrated. So the first thing to really understand is that this is not really a problem that's happening to you. This is something that you're experiencing that is very likely being created by your thinking. So when we have thoughts of, shoot, I'm not going to be able to eat again until tomorrow at two, or, you know, any thoughts that create scarcity in that way or restriction or deprivation, we get this significant feeling of hunger. If we, and I think that's why a lot of things aren't working for you, right? You said that you've tried eating more fat at dinner. You tried having a snack at dinner. It doesn't help. Like it doesn't make sense that eating more food after dinner wouldn't make that hunger go away. That's why I really think that this is emotional. So insomnia is a difficult thing for a lot of people. And I think the association your brain has made is if I eat food right before I go to sleep, then I can sleep and then it allows itself to sleep. And if you aren't eating food right beforehand, it's like we need to create some emotional hunger so you'll eat so that we can sleep instead of really looking at what the thoughts are that are creating that emotional hunger. So the other thing you can do if the emotional hunger is there is I mean, first of all, you want to find out what those thoughts are, but you also can just find new thoughts in the moment of other people fall asleep hungry all the time. I mean, this is what I find interesting. Like we act like hunger is like such an emergency or it's like so uncomfortable and we can't handle it. But like think about people who really don't have enough food. Like there are children every night who go to bed hungry and they manage to sleep, right? There's lots of people all over the world who don't get enough food and they're hungry going to bed and true gnawing, physical hunger, stomachs growling, and they still manage to go to sleep. So that's why it's like the idea of like, if you're hungry, you cannot sleep. That doesn't jive for me. Like, that's not true. Of course you can sleep if you're hungry. I've gone to sleep when I'm hungry. It's definitely possible. So you have to start changing your beliefs about it. Like there are people who go to sleep hungry all the time. Maybe I could become one of those people start learning to change those beliefs to becoming a person who is able to sleep whether they're hungry or not. It really is irrelevant. So you said you've tried lots of different things, but you don't kind of really delve into what those things are. One of the biggest things that I would suggest that you do is a thought download and some models. I would suggest you maybe try starting a gratitude journal. I would suggest you try meditating before bed, all kinds of things to calm your brain calm your body down so that sleep can come to you much more easily. So that's what I want to suggest to you. I don't think you need to change much with your food or anything really because you've tried some changes with your food and even eating a snack after dinner, unless you're staying up super duper late and you're hungry again, it's it's not from a lack of food. Now, if you are staying up super duper late, then you also need to work on getting to bed earlier, which is another option, another thing to try. Just what if you went to bed right after dinner? and i know your thoughts going to be like oh, i can't do that i have all these things to do but figure out a way to make it work get in a solutions focused place in your brain figure out a way to do it and just see what happens see if it's different but i think this is much more of a cognitive issue than it is about actually feeling the the hunger okay great question the next one is related to sleep. So this one is just kind of a blurb. It says waking up from sleep hungry, eating in the middle of the night, or night eating syndrome. Now, I have to say, I was kind of like, what's night eating syndrome? Is that a thing? And I did, I looked it up. And it is a thing, but it's an eating disorder. And so this person, this person who wrote in, you have to, of course, figure out if you think you actually have an eating disorder. But what's interesting is, then I was kind of like, well, is it even relevant? Because I looked at what the therapy was, for a night eating syndrome. And it basically was like getting yourself on regular planned meal, like meal schedule, and managing your brain. It's like all different kinds of therapy, including cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like a close cousin of the coaching work that I do. So what ends up happening, I definitely coached people who have these issues. And what often ends up happening is that we wake up from sleep, And then we're feeling that hunger and then we need to, you know, eat something to go to bed. Except here's the thing that unless you're not eating a normal amount of food throughout the day, your body really doesn't need that food in the middle of the night. So again, that eating in the middle of the night is totally an emotional response. That's an emotional event. Middle of the night eating is never required. I mean, if you think about it, why would your body in the middle of sleep Want to start digesting food. It makes zero sense, right? Like your body's like, no, I'm trying to rest and repair. Food is the last thing I need to be dealing with right now. So when you're waking up from sleep hungry, is the time to do a thought download. What are my thoughts right now about this hunger? We don't know why you're waking up with it. If you if you wake up and boom, it's there, then it's just like, okay, it's there. We can even put that on the circumstance line of the model. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're new to the podcast, go back to the beginning couple episodes and I'll teach you all of this information in depth, in detail. But so we can put, okay, so you're hungry in the middle of the night and put that on the circumstance line, then what are your thoughts about it? Clearly right now, if you're eating, your thoughts are like, this is a problem that needs to be solved, <laughs> Right. I need to make this go away, something like that. I should go eat something like that. And then your emotion is desire and then your action is to go eat food. So what you need to work on is deciding to make that hunger experience in the middle of the night mean something different and not believe your brain in the middle of the night when it tries to tell you that you can't sleep until you've eaten more food. So this ties hand in hand with that other one. This is just the middle of the night experience of it. So this is really good work to do because when I was reading about the night eating syndrome, it was saying that to have the diagnosis, you have to be eating 25% or more of your calories in a 24 hour period in the night. I thought that's a lot of food for sure. So if you're getting up and having a spoonful of peanut butter and going back to bed again, I don't think that you qualify for that eating disorder. But even if you have the eating disorder, it's like, okay, then what, right? Like, it's not like you're broken or something's wrong with you. It's like, yeah, your brain has made this correlation and you have to stop that correlation. And the way you stop that correlation, number one is by feeling the urge to do the thing and then not doing it. So waking up, feeling hungry, feeling the urge, the drive, the desire, the craving to eat some food and decide to do something else instead. So people say, but then I can't fall back asleep, right? But getting up and eating is also not sleeping. So what you could do instead of getting up and eating so you can go back to sleep is you do something else. You do some thought work, you do a meditation, you listen to some music that's relaxing to you. You can read if that's what you wanna do. Like You might go through a period of time where you're actually up more during the night because you're working on not meeting that urge. And the more that the urge is created in your brain and is not met with food, That's how the brain starts to decondition itself and stops making that correlation. I also want to make sure that you're eating enough food. Like if you were my client, I would definitely recommend that you be eating three meals a day right now. Your brain and body needs to know that it's getting fed plenty of food during the day and it has zero reason to need food in the middle of the night. And then if you wanted to try some fasting later or something, you could, if that's something that worked for you. But if you started fasting and immediately started having this issue again, you would be a person I would just not suggest doing any extended fasting with. So yeah, that's really what it comes down to is just really working on the thoughts. We often interpret these signals from our bodies as really being some sort of indication that food is required. And what I want to offer to you is that you should always be questioning that especially if it's like the middle of the night, like why, why would my brain and body want me to eat in the middle of the night? It really doesn't make sense. It's not that I need to change around like, you know, this or that I need to work on my brain in the middle of the night for sure. It somehow created some sort of connection there going, getting up in the middle of the night and having food is a good thing. We should do that again. And so it just keeps creating that situation for yourself. Great question. Okay, the next one is from Amanda. She writes, "I seem to do okay with my eating, except for prior to my menstrual cycle. I tend to lose all control at this time every month and have trouble getting back on the wagon. Is this something other women struggle with, or a sign to seek medical attention?" So, you know, I'm not offering you medical advice, but I will tell you that many, many women have trouble with this, and I have had some clients who've actually decided to go on some medication the week of their period to try to help with their premenstrual symptoms right around this time of the month. And so that's definitely something that you could address with your physician if that's something that is really a struggle for you. I know that I've had some clients who've tried the medication then didn't tolerate it. And then it was like, okay, well, we've just got to deal with this. We, we really have to just manage, manage our minds. So here's the thing, kind of similar to what I was just talking about with the other person who wrote in. So... You may have more urges, more cravings, more desire around this time of the month. You may actually be significantly hungrier during this time of the month. What we have to do is figure out what exactly it is that is the issue for you that drives you then to want to overeat. And so here's the thing, even if you want to eat more food because you're hungrier, that doesn't mean you need to eat foods that don't serve your body, such as things with a lot of flour and sugar in them. So what you might want to consider is like, what is the real issue here? Is this really an urge issue? Is this urge driven eating? Is this something that's much more just like my hunger is up significantly? Like, what is the deal? And once you figure that out, it'll be easier for you to figure out what a good solution is, although it's going to be a bit of a trial and error for you. But what I can tell you for sure, what you should do is you need to plan out your food for days in advance. So if you know, like for three days prior to your period starting, you have issues with this, then that is a week to do all your meal planning for the week. You might even want to do all your meal prep. So a couple of days before you get as much of those meals prepared as you possibly can, everything kind of separated out. You can get these little meal prep containers for pretty cheap on Amazon. You just have everything kind of all set for yourself. And what you're doing then is you're creating a situation a scenario for yourself where you're making the fewest number of decisions possible in the moment because when you're having those days and you, you as you said I tend to lose all control that's because you haven't set yourself up to be in control you don't have it set up where it's like no matter what I will eat what I planned and it's already all here the end then all I have to deal with is my brain and what my brain wants to do which is you know to break out and think that you're not going to get enough. And you know, there's, there's never going to be enough. And that's when you practice believing I have everything I need, my body has all the fuel it needs. Everything is fine. There's not a problem here, everything is okay. And you just bring your brain back to that every time it's having its little freak out moment. But planning ahead decisions ahead of time is going to be absolutely crucial for you in terms of managing this. Now, the other thing I would suggest if you have trouble where you get through a couple of days like this and then after the fact you eat a lot, there's definitely people who do that. They get through like kind of a difficult time period or even just like more stressful meaning like having a big party at their house or something, it doesn't have to be something negative. But they go through that. And then it's the couple of days after that, that they struggle where they have thoughts of like, but you did so well. And look, you held it all together. And you deserve this. And you should be rewarded with a little bit of something and a little bit won't hurt. And all the justifications come flooding in. So if you have issues with that, then you need to plan your food even for the couple of days after that. So you are so pre-planned out that you're like, my brain's on autopilot. Like literally what my brain's opinion is about the food I eat for this whole week is irrelevant. All the decisions have been made. And what you'll find over time is that you just won't pay attention so much to your brain. It's not even an option to lose all control around that time of the month, right? Then you don't even have to go on the whole situation of trying to get back on the wagon, trying to get back on your plan again. You're just on the plan because you've set yourself up for success and support in that way. So that's my best advice for you in terms of your eating and all of that, managing your brain, knowing your brain's going to freak out. It's going to be very, it's going to think this is a terrible idea and that's okay because you're just committing to yourself at the beginning of this. No matter matter what my brain offers to me, I'm just going to follow this regardless. It's just what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to see. And at the end of that week, I'm going to reevaluate. Next month, is this how I want to address it again or not? But in the middle, you're going to be like, I'm never going to do this ever again. This is the worst idea I've ever had. Just expect that, anticipate that. But then at the end, if you're able to get right back on track again, and everything is or not even get back on track, stay on track, just continue on the track. That's when you go, okay, you know what, that was pretty uncomfortable, but it was worth it because at least I don't have to spend the next week or two getting myself back on again. So that in combination with possibly some medication, if it really is that difficult, but it's going to be a bit of a spectrum. There's some women who really, really, really struggle and medication is a lifesaver for them. There's going to be others who are like, I don't know if it's that bad. It's really probably something that I just need to manage my brain around. Um, And either way, you know, maybe you take some medication for a few cycles to just be able to figure the rest of yourself out, you know, sort out all the food and everything, and then try to wean off the medication. See how you do. You can play, play around with that a little bit. Great question. All right. And this one is from Michelle. And this also kind of goes a little hand in hand with the prior one. She writes, I think a great topic for your podcast would be finding the new loophole in over- overcoming that temptation. I've tried diets of all kinds, weight watchers, no carb, low fat, pills, etc. I always find a way to stretch the diet's quote unquote, allowance and plateau. Today I caught myself. I've been leaning towards nuts, on my current keto plan and haven't lost weight this week. With every handful of nuts I ate last week, I thought, don't overdo it, don't do it, and I did. Any suggestions? newer listener, but loyal. Oh, Michelle, thanks for writing in, I love that. So here is what's happening, Michelle, that I, with 99.9% positivity, <laughs> can tell you, and that is that you were not planning your food out the night before. You were absolutely not planning your food, because if you were planning your food and only eating exactly that, there would be no negotiation of don't overdo the nuts or having another handful of nuts, which is actually interesting because if you're really doing keto, the best way to make sure you're really doing keto is to be testing your blood. And they have these little blood ketone monitors. And when you eat too many nuts, you kick yourself out of keto. So I'm guessing that you're not doing that and that you're not getting that immediate like the next day information that eating too many nuts kicked you out of ketosis. But regardless, I'm actually not a huge fan of keto for the vast majority of people. I think there's a small subset of people who feel amazing on it, and they have a bunch of health issues that it's all solves. And I think that's amazing. But I think that the rapid weight loss that most people feel like they get is all water weight, it all comes back as soon as you stop eating that way. And I think I I, because here's the thing, I try everything in order to be able to give you a legitimate opinion, rather than just like what I've heard other people say. And, you know, even with managing your mind, I think that eating keto long term, if you don't have the long term health benefits. Like if you you know, if, if you're like, I'm in awful agony, if I don't eat keto, and if I eat keto, I can actually live my life. Okay, that's very motivational, you're going to stick to your plan. But if you're just doing it to try to lose weight, and you're seeing some results, but then it's kind of plateauing. I think it's very challenging to keep up with that plan long term. Like I would just say if you start doing keto, are you going to eat keto the rest of your life? Like really think about it. Like will macadamia nuts get old to you? (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But I just want you to think about that. Because I think the vast majority of people who do keto do it with the idea of I'll do this for a while to lose some weight. And then I'll go back to eating quote unquote normal, which means lots of weight gain. So but that was an aside. So if you're going if every handful of nuts I ate last week, I thought don't overdo it, don't do it. And you did. It's because you're making decisions with your primitive brain in the moment. And so my suggestion for you is that you have got to make a plan and you have to measure your nuts out and you will eat only that. No matter what, doesn't matter what your brain suggests to you, you will only be eating that. And if you later are like, that was really not enough food, okay, then you plan for more nuts. But in the moment, right now, your commitment, your relationship to yourself with yourself is very poor. And the reason I know that is because you tell yourself to not do something and then you do it anyway, right? It's just like, it's like my puppies when I'm like, don't go in the basement. What do they do? right down into the basement, right? (laughs) Or toddlers do that, right? We're like, don't lick that sucker that you found randomly that's been sitting in the gutter for 10 days. What do they do? Put it right in their mouth, (laughs) right? (laughs) So it's like that toddler. And so your primitive brain is making decisions in the moment and going, I will too suck on this sucker. You can't tell me I can't, right? And that's what's happening. So really, ultimately, you have got to plan your food. And here's the thing, you guys, Like, I don't like planning my food either, (laughs) I think some of you think that I'm just like, I love it. It's my favorite part of the day. It's not. But here's the thing. When you do this and have it really laid out and you have your plan on how you're going to eat, it literally takes a minute and a half. Can you give yourself 90 seconds once a day to decide what you will eat the next day so that you have total freedom the next day around food. You're not thinking about food. There's no negotiation. If you're hungry and it's not time to eat, there's just nothing to do about it. There's not even any contemplation. There's no negotiation. It's just, I will eat the next time I have planned to eat the end. Now what am I going to do On to something else? So I think for a lot of you, you think, oh, I can do it without. And here's the thing. I thought that too. For a really long time. I lost most of my weight with having like a rough guess, like a rough plan of what I would do. And I still stayed on plan, but I was not planning ahead. But here's the thing, when you get into a busy or stressful or difficult time period in your life, you will not have that skill to hang on to and to bounce back to. And that's what I've learned for myself is like, I have to do this because things come up. I mean, literally my little Sunny, my little one of my puppies, her spay wound dehissed. And I had to spend an hour and a half at the vet this morning, (laughs) getting her researched up and cleaned up and everything. So like things come up, but I don't have to worry like, oh, shoot. And then what am I going to eat? And oh, that was so stressful. Maybe I should get XYZ. No, I know exactly what I'm eating for lunch. And I will eat that. And nothing more. And that's it. So that is why you find yourself stretching the diet allowances, finding yourself in these plateaus, finding the loopholes is because your primitive brain is in charge, you're letting the toddler drive the boat right now. And you are headed right into the shore every single time you start one of these new plans, right? And that's why it's like, what's the common denominator when you have tried all these different ways of eating and pills and diets and all this stuff, and you haven't been able to lose the weight, your brain is the common denominator, right? You can keep this weight off. You can get it off and keep it off if you manage your brain. That is the most important thing. So you've got to make your decisions ahead of time. You have got to plan your food in advance. Like without a doubt, no negotiating even with me, (laughs) right? I'm like, no, you're not even allowed to say anything. Just do it. Here's the thing. What I challenge you to do is do it for a month and see what happens. See what happens from the start of the month to the end of the month of what your experience is planning your food in advance and no exceptions. Every single night, I don't care how tired you are. I don't care what's going on. You have got to plan your food or plan it for the whole week. I have plenty of clients who do that. They're like, I don't even want to think about it every night. I plan it for the whole week and that's it. Done. And just see what your experience is of eating in that way. I think you will see some value in it for sure. Okay. Last one is, I'm going to guess and say this is Nuzat. And they write, how to eat well slash manage not overeating at social gatherings. I find it challenging to eat well and not overeat at potlucks and buffets. The combination of seemingly unlimited food in a busy social gathering is kryptonite for my weight loss journey. Okay, so here's the thing that's going on with you too. So also the theme here, you clearly don't have a plan when you go in, right? Because you're going into it going like there's unlimited food right? I mean, there's probably so much food that you will be very full before the food runs out. And then you have a thought like, and it's busy and social. And that combination is my kryptonite. And I want to ask you, what is the value of thinking about it in that way? Because here's the thing with kryptonite. Superman, super, super strong, right? He was super powerful, could do all of these things. But no matter what, he could not overcome kryptonite. If there was kryptonite around, he lost all of his powers and he was weak. Right? I think some of us are like some, some people are so young. They're like, what's the deal with Superman? I don't even know. (laughs) But so when you think that a party, a social gathering, there's a bunch of people here and a bunch of food is your kryptonite, you completely disempower yourself. You put yourself right into the situation where you're like, I'm screwed. There's all this food, all these people, it's my kryptonite, guess I got to eat. And I know you think you're just letting me know what it's like. And you're like, okay, well, not that, but I was just using that because it's kind of funny. No, but for real, when you describe it that way, you completely disempower yourself so that it continues to be a challenge, right? You're like, I find it challenging to eat well and not overeat, right? Because you're thinking that it's impossible for you because it would be impossible for Superman to fight back against kryptonite or have his powers when kryptonite is around. So you, ha- you guys all have to stop telling yourself these stories. Like it just is the struggle that I can't figure out. It's just so difficult for me because what you're doing is you're just reinforcing that story in your head and you're reinforcing the result of that thought, which is that you overeat and you gain weight and you let yourself down. So instead of thinking about it that way, here are some other options of better questions you can ask yourself. How could I figure out a way to have a good time at busy social gatherings and have the food be a non-issue? I'm pretty positive I could figure out a way to do that. I am figuring out a way to eat the way I want to, whether that's actually eating or not eating and having an excellent, fun time at busy social gatherings so I can honor my desire to lose weight honor my relationship to myself, have a really fun, socially connected experience and not let it be all about food. But you, I know when you don't have the answer, you're like, okay, well, if you tell yourself you're figuring it out, then you ask your brain, like, so what might be other ways that I could approach this? Because here's the thing, I could tell you lots of things to do. That's what we call A-line coaching, action line coaching. I could tell you, do this, do that, do the other thing. But here's the thing, when you still have the thought that all of that scenario, the food and the social is the kryptonite. You can create all the plans you want. When you get there, you're still going to eat off your plan. And I've seen this time and again, where people have this plan, and then they get there and they're like, yeah, screw the plan. Where are the drinks? Where's, you know, like, where's, where's the cake? Or where's just even the regular food just overeating, because it feels special in some way, or it's, you know, really delicious, or this is just what we do. It's just a habit. So what I want to offer to you is that what you should do, the actions you should take will come to you. They're of course going to be individual to each person, but they're going to come to you when you ask your brain the right questions, when you ask your brain to figure this out for you. This is what's so interesting, right? We are all smart people here. Like even those of you who are not doctors, you are a smart person. If you made it through all the science that I talked about in the beginning, a <laughs> couple podcasts, and you still think it's interesting and you're still here you are a smart person and your brain can figure this out. You just have to let it have the opportunity. You have to offer it the opportunity to come up with a solution for you instead of just telling yourself a story that I'm stuck. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm telling you, I know you're going to, your brain's just like, really? Is it really about the thinking? It really is about the thinking. I mean it. So again, I challenge you, give it a try let your brain come up with solutions. This is what I always find is I'll be like wrestling 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 with something and then I'll tell my husband, you know, I've been thinking about something and I'm just not sure like I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like this and that. And all of a sudden I'm like, "Actually, that's a good idea. Oh, maybe I should do that." It's like my brain was coming up with the solutions as I'm talking it out with somebody. So, that's another option you might want to try is just discussing it with somebody who's kind of on board. You don't want to discuss it with your friends who's like just live a little. What's the big deal? I mean, come on, you can lose, you can start over again on Monday, right? She's not the one you want to be discussing this with. But a person who's like, okay, yeah, I want to support you. Or I can just listen and hold space for you while you work this out. I find for me that talking it out seems to help quite a bit as well. So great questions as always. When you have a question that I have not answered in the podcast and you would like me to address, what you should do is email me at hello at katrinayoubellmd.com and let me know what your question is. Alternatively, you can also go to the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at katrinayoubellmd.com forward slash 110. So md.com forward slash 110. And you can type your question in the comments there. Either way will work. All right. I love answering these questions for you guys. I love knowing where your brains are at, what you guys are struggling with. And so please let me know. This is airing live right around when everyone's New Year's resolutions are falling apart. You had the really good intention of doing your plan, whatever you were deciding to do to lose weight, and you're kind of not doing it anymore. And so I want to hear from you. What are you struggling with? What are the issues that you're dealing with? So please go ahead and email me. Hello at KatrinaUBellmd.com. Let me know what's going on. Have a wonderful week. Love you so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to com and click on free resources.